Welcome to the Yang Gang Roundtable. It is 2.03 p.m. Saturday, Friday, no, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, February 13th, 2020, the momentous year of 2021. Well, it's 2021, not 2020. Anyway, only two flubs in the introduction. I'm here. We have an open discussion uh, on poverty-based income and electoral politics. We have uh, myself, Sheridan, King Refluence, and uh, Mia who is not feeling very well. So I'm particularly grateful that you're here. Um, every illness, every scratchy throat and little fever and cough is frightening in this time. So yeah, so I recognize that and I, I respect that. <laughs> I'm not sure what else to say, uh, but I'm glad you're here. So how's everybody feeling today? Better. Better than, uh, than what? <clears throat> I'll go get myself tested tonight, though, just so you guys know. Don't have to worry. Huh. Good. Yeah, indeed. I don't want to get sick over the internet. <laughs> I almost, I almost got the uh, vaccine. There was a uh, flyer running around my town to uh, just call and make an appointment, like regardless of the priority groups. Unfortunately, when I when I called, it was already full. <laughs> so it was a uh, very, very much. Uh, you had to get on there. <laughs> but yes. It's nice to see that's popping up in some places. So are we live. We are. Yep, yep. We are. Yep, yeah. We're talking oh about live, yes. Because uh, holy crap, we have so much to talk about. Like, uh, I, I think I'd like to start with the impeachment because that's going on today as we speak. Right. Calling witnesses, even though they weren't going to, right? Uh, no, they apparently the uh, House managers and Trump's defense team reached a deal where they are not going to call witnesses. Though, we don't know what the House managers actually got out of the deal, because witnesses are, you know, kind of the whole point. You know, what getting evidence. So, I mean, the so, whole point was to make Republicans actually listen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they're not calling witnesses, and I am just so, so upset, because... Like we need, we need to have all the evidence of the trial in the trial, even if it's just a sham political trial. Why is it so important we have all the evidence if it's just a sham? Because this is uh, a trial in the Senate is not a trial in court. It's a trial of public opinion. So we need to have all the evidence available so that anyone who actually wants to know the truth can find it and not just see a political sham. Been that valuable that they were willing to trade away their witnesses for it? Like what? Could I don't know what it is. I don't know what the deal is. All I all we know so far is that the witnesses are not being called because of this deal. I I just I just think of like the evil way that like Emperor Palpatine said the Senate. He went like the Senate, and I think like <laughs> that's like what they are. Like you you can just like call them that with that yeah. kind of like evil Palpatine accent. Because, like, they're the Senate. Like, they're just, like, sick. <laughs> yeah, it's, it really is uh, sickening. And uh, I'm, I'm sure it's not uh, just in our generation. I'm sure that's why the Senate was uh, in Star Wars like that. Right. right. And Palpatine was the Senate. He was like, I am the Senate. I am the Senate, right. yeah. <clears throat> like, it's like right. some, like, the Senate is just <laughs> Just, it's not. Even, I am not, the Senate. Yeah, I am the 
any like 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 hey this doesn't make sense this is bad this is like terrible how can we change this i am this like there's nothing you can do it's fine no need to change anything (laughs) everything works the last time we had an impeachment one could definitely argue it was over much less serious allegations and they go went ahead and did it how how are these things comparable and how i Look, they're in just doing it so we don't talk about the checks. All it is 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 palace intrigue. All it yeah. is is a way to shuffle the news cycle away from their failure at delivering on the UK checks. It's a way That's to it. control the narrative, right? It's just That's why like, they don't really care about how they're doing it. Or they have no intention of yeah. getting any outcome with it. You know, anything meaningful. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like our time, well, I waste mean, our if energy. You, if you think focus. about like uh, crime, your first priority should be to help out the victims of the crime and punishing the perpetrator should be in that line but if if like someone has mm-hmm. multiple stab wounds and you say oh once we like convict the guy who did that to you uh then we're gonna help you know with your stab wounds send you to the hospital like the guy's dead before you get the guy that did that to him you stupid fucking idiots you know <laughs> i'm gonna say it, he should be impeached like that's not a that's not a thing that shouldn't happen. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree with that. I'm just saying that at the same time. Yeah, it shouldn't be top priority. Yeah, I'm saying it's it shouldn't like, be top can, priority. Can really I'm take care of people before delivering out like, some uh, ceremonial justice. Stabilize the country first that's dealing with all this and then go after the bad guy, you know? Take care of the lives, of, you know, the lives of the citizens who are in jeopardy. That's the number one priority. And then stabilize the right. the country and then... But the Republicans yeah, don't go yeah, along no. with supposed to go through yeah. investigations to get it, so that's just the way that is. You know, nah, it doesn't. I, you know what? If they had all their all the support of the Republicans, the Democrats would find a reason not to do it. Yeah, and uh, I do want to clarify. I do want to clarify. Trump has been impeached. Impeachment happens in the House. Both times uh, he is impeached, he was not convicted, and it's likely he's not going to be convicted in this impeachment. But uh, with the last impeachment and what we're hope we were hoping to get with this impeachment was evidence because like last time the crimes were kind of paltry to be pushed against uh trump but at least there was like solid evidence of these allegations not being not calling witnesses is not even having the evidence of the crime that happened it's just saying we're going to acquit this dude for no reason because it's political well, if the toupee don't fit, you must acquit. Sadly, the toupee does, and uh, <laughs> they won't. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Can we just, like, us the presidency for a little while? Like, we'll fix everything. <laughs> the Yang Gang Roundtable will come in uh, and fix the government in, like, one night if you just give us permission. You can kick us out. We'll go in. We'll fix it. All the problems will be gone. It's not that hard to solve. You are willfully making these mistakes, you assholes. Right. If we could just replace the democratically elected Congress with a lottery that would solve the problem of corruption, because you (laughs) can't buy a lottery. Like, like, like you can buy an election. I'm not even joking. Just get just a lot. Just. A random citizen who is considered to be of sound body and mind and working age of a state is chosen to, to be the congressional representative if they would like to. And if they would like to, they go serve. And if, if not, 
the lottery happens again. You choose somebody else until you get someone who wants to serve. And what you can do then, you can have a recall election if someone's a real tool bag, you know? Uh, And that can happen. But but that's harder to to corrupt because, you know, you're not going to prepare that with with donations. There's no way to donate. What I really think about it, it's like, in what dumpster fire do we find these people? It's the people who can thrive in this broken system, the yeah, system that rewards the most corrupt, the most complicit. It's really playing the green game first, because you have to be able to get your message out and connect with your uh, target voters. And to do that, you really have to have money to persuade advertisers, because we don't have public financing of campaigns. Yeah. Well, I've my dad listens to Rush Limbaugh, and uh, this is still about the presidency. and. They were they were talking about how Trump was getting really close to the crux of the problem, like whatever about draining the swamp, and like this caller mentioned that topic, and then well, whenever the impeachment happened and whatever was happening, that was when Trump was getting close to the problem of the system. So that's their narrative. I don't know who else. I know the narrative narrative is like Trump's the problem, but. Maybe Trump was getting close to the problem. Right. That's honestly just a really bad framework of a criminal committed crimes. So. Right. (laughs) So it's like, I'm really confused on like, what, why are they trying to make the problem worse? Like, I don't see, I mean, like for the money, right? It's like. It's not right. like Trump was revealing right. something that everybody doesn't know anyways. Like, acting like that right. is something huge to shut him up about. No, they know the American people know. We know we know. Talking, They don't want to talk about it, but it's not like they're trying to shut us up. They just don't give us air. Yeah, it, it's more about not listening to us than uh, Trump actually getting in close to anything. The reason these things are happening is because he broke the fucking law that we've all right. agreed on. So yeah, in a way they're right. He was getting close to illegality and criminality. So right, yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, yeah. That's that's a weird point. There, that was a weird narrative to understand, like or whatever they were trying to say. Don't worry if you were having trouble understanding that. I have a feeling it's because there's flaws in the narrative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There definitely needs to be a lot more consistency, like especially from the Democrats, like. We we were promised two K checks would go out the door if we gave the Democrats uh, Georgia, and we're still wallowing. Like, and now it's fourteen hundred dollars to some people, and the threshold is may get lowered, and we're not even going to worry about that until March because of this impeachment. Osoff and uh, uh, Warnock are like in. Like, shouldn't they be like? like screaming at their dumb colleagues to like you know, huh. uh, it's like, right so someone needs to put pressure on them and say hey you do realize why you're there is because of this hello and just kind of like you know yeah. call it out Indeed. yeah just 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 get no seriously like like just flood them with emails and phone calls because uh, the, we, we should we should have tracking numbers on our promises, you know. We should have like, you know, yeah, like seriously, this this is ridiculous. It's it's like whenever you like, you know, if if it's if you're buying from a store or online, like you you're tracking if you know the thing is delivered. Why don't we have that same po- mechanism for 
like political promises should should you know. I'll be right back, guys. I need a minute. Sorry. Absolutely. See you in a bit, man. Oh. Kai, you got any say in this, Kaizen? Or is she just she's just listening? Yeah. Sometimes you'll walk to walk away and come back. I'm I'm here. I'm listening. Hi. And you know, my I I I think there's a good future um for politics if we can implement tools like blockchain. My biggest bugaboo with all of it is the lack of accountability piece, but it kind of go it it goes even deeper than politicians don't live up to their promises. It's that I I am not certain that my vote is actually going to the person that I voted for because there's no way to track it. And I am I like this whole idea of of a secret ballot, I think, is a mistake in an open democracy. That's not how the democracy used to work. Like, that's not how the actual democracy worked in Greece. They used chit sheets and they dropped it in a bowl and it was visible to everybody what where you dropped your token there wasn't and and i understand like one of the reasons that we want it to be kind of anonymous voting or blind voting or or you know however you want to you know term it that it's to to keep people from being influenced you know it's 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 to protect people from being kind of bribed into to casting their vote a certain way because if you can't see how somebody's voting you it's harder to influence them to do the right to do what you want them to do that makes sense but like i just i would love to get a receipt when i vote that i can then go enter in that code the same way i would look up a tracking number for my certified mail right and see exactly mm-hmm. what was on my ballot when it was tabulated Uh so that I know that the people that I voted for are actually the ones that are getting the vote counted. Mm. And, and then the next layer is the founding document. If we include the declaration of independent as one of those documents, which we don't treat it that way legally, but technically that was the document that established a new nation. We didn't get the rest of it. For several more years, we fought a war in there, and then they had Constitutional Convention, and the writing of the Constitution happened much later, right? But we had declared our independence, so that's a founding document, and it says consent of the governed. It doesn't say consent of the registered voters. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that anywhere in any of those documents. It says nothing about registering to vote. It says nothing about requiring a registration for vote. It doesn't say anything about who's eligible to vote or who's not eligible to vote until you get into the weeds of the amendments saying, oh, and voting extends to these groups. You know what I'm saying? But no part of the way that we do voting anywhere in the United States is consistent with that, that founding document that says consent of the governed. And anyone who lives in the United States is governed by our laws. And therefore, in principle, on those documents, they should have a say in who represents them and what laws are passed and what laws apply to them. They should have a say. And I don't think there should be age restrictions. I don't think there should really be any restrictions. Have you paid a tax anywhere in the United right. States? Well, Guess what? I mean, you get a freaking vote. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's interesting you bring that up because I think like young people in any society are like the most oppressed and the most like voiceless 
And it's it's funny how when you're like like what like in first and second grade they make you like pledge allegiance to the flag and you don't <laughs> when you literally don't know like what what the word allegiance even means like we're, words like indivisible with when you're in like in third grade you're like invisible like what the hell liberty and just like like you you don't know what it means and they and they force you to say it like almost every day at the start of the day and it's like damn like oh so you you think we're really that different from north korea <laughs> it's like <laughs> oh shit so like that's kind of my point it's like when we teach civics we teach we teach it as if it applies to everybody but when you get down to the brass tacks of it you're having something like 13% of the whole population show up at the polls and cast a vote. What? Yeah. Well, how is that and, consent and, of and the not government? Not only that, but like, you know, like you said, like after you vote and, you know, that person made all these campaign promises and they just get in and they're like, yeah, I just didn't feel like it. Like, I, I, I just I just want the money. It's like, you know, like what what the hell? <laughs> well, and even even the so-called most recent liberal president obama well he didn't take public campaign finance so his disclosures of who donated to his campaign for the for his first election it's never been revealed and we will never know who funded his campaign but he generated more uh campaign donations than any candidate in the history of the united states up to that point with no disclosures and that said something to me even then of oh i can't trust this guy I don't give a shit how he said he got all that money. It's not from grassroots. I know better. Because poor people don't have that much money, even if you pull them all together. We jointly don't have a, enough wealth to justify the numbers he got. So then the real question becomes, who's in your pocket? Oh, and we don't have to know, and it's none of our business because you didn't take public campaign dollars. Well, wait a minute. Like the Capital One commercial, what's in your wallet, or right? who, who, or or who's in your wallet? <laughs> right. Yeah. It made me immediately suspicious of what Obama was really up there for, and and now we've gone through two Obama presidencies. I didn't see Getmo closed down. I didn't see extraordinary rendition, and I didn't right. see that our troops get pulled. I saw us escalate. To you know, illegal wars that's with like, drone attacks. I think that's like what me, I saw. I think being a comedian has now become like one of the easiest jobs like out there because it's like it's all a joke. It's just like that's just sucks. Living in this funny. like bizarre world. I'll tell you otherwise. It's such a joke they are getting pushed out of work. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, like like reality is like tailgating the onion, basically. That's what's like happening here. I I, I saw a funny thing where it said like Andrew Yang like calls for to more civility civility, and then he gets chased out by an angry mob. <laughs> yeah, that was a good old one. Yeah, it was one of the good ones. And uh, yeah, like I don't know what it is. Yeah, that's basically what happened. Right, yeah, yeah, and it's so, like, amazing that we just, like, somehow when it comes to, like, holding our political leaders accountable, like, everybody shrugs their shoulders, but when it comes to holding, like, 
a corporate well i mean not cor- like like a small business owner accountable like they can get in so much trouble if they you know like mess up on their taxes or you know you know um uh, give the wrong thing or a waiter like gives you the wrong o- order it's like instant accountability but with these assholes who have so much like power and privilege and influence there's like there there's like a fraction of that accountability it's like one one thousand of the accountability of a small business owner. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not right. <laughs> it's something we gotta come to grips with. Especially now. It's the laws of the land we gotta follow, but then we gotta, you know, the govern, however Kai said it, it's, it's yeah. up to us, essentially. So, so but- there should be like each, I think like just like each, I don't know, half a month, uh, like everyone elected should like, have someone grill them on where they are with all their, you know, campaign promises and how they're working on it. Like accountability. Yeah. Yeah. Like accountability. And then if they're really not doing anything, they should just be recalled. Like seriously, like defective merchandise. (laughs) It's like true. (laughs) That's what they are. Everything in America. Why not our politicians? Right. A hundred percent. I mean, aren't we, we're so capitalistic that when something doesn't work and when something is like messed up or defective, like we get a refund, we call out the thing. Yeah. And why not them? This is a very capitalist idea of accountability, you know, just is like you break it, you buy it. I mean, like, you know, it's, yeah, it's kind of like, but, but I mean, like if, if they're, if they're breaking, you know, um, uh, their promises, you know, yeah, like we, we, we refund, you know, you, you, you broke a promise and yeah, it's like, like you, we, we get a refund because, because yeah, <laughs> it's like they bought the promise, they broke the promise and, uh, they're, you know, gone. <laughs> yeah. So wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> I was talking to my niece. <laughs> no, it's like accountability stuff. Right, right. Like that. So yeah, like, but but I don't I don't think that it's it's so impossible to do. I just I just think like we need to kind of come come oh. together to 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 you know yeah. What's up? I have an idea. Well, what if we had like a blockchain for voting? Like we use cryptocurrency to buy. Well, you you get a, like a free token, crypto co- token. Yeah, you use it to vote. Yeah, they, and and when I was um. When I was working with the Green Party in Missouri, we actually had, it was some guy, he's with some band, Oasis, Maroon 5, I don't know, I can't remember. But he's a musician, and he's invested in this blockchain company that's doing blockchain applications for voting. Right. And it's like amazing stuff. It's amazing stuff. And they're, like, to my mind, so that way we could open it up for people that are comfortable doing that kind of technology for voting, make it accessible to them. Let them cast their vote that way. They can track it that way. You've got a secure channel both ways that nobody knows, but the election board and the voter who has what number, nobody else will know. Kind of the same way that they do, do now, because even the paper ballots have each has a coded number on it so that you know it's a unique ballot, right? So why right. couldn't we just get a tear off chit sheet with that number on it? And then later on, I can go home, look that number up on the Board of Elections website, and again, verify 
that the things I put on that piece of paper got coded correctly. There's no reason we couldn't do that. And that would improve, I think, our feelings that things aren't so rigged. But like that the, won't work very well in a that won't work well in a caucus situation. It won't, because it's not how a caucus works. And it's probably not going to work too well for primaries, although I would love for it to, because I think that's where it really is rigged. This is where I don't think Trump was wrong at all. He knows it's rigged. Everybody knows it's rigged. But the question is, where's the rig? It was none of the places his attorneys were digging up shit, in part because they don't actually want to reveal where the rigs are. They don't want the voters to know. They want us to question it. They want us to doubt how secure things are, but they don't really want us to know where they've jacked the system. And the two biggest jacks, I think, are in the primary process. And then the second biggest jack is it goes back to what I was just saying earlier, where they've never counted the votes correctly. The documents don't say anything about registering the vote, of being a certain age. They don't say none of that shit. It's consent yeah. of the governed. And when the governor is showing up to vote, it means they don't consent to anybody on that ballot. And rather uh, than counting all of the people not showing up as a not consent, we just pretend like that's not happening. Well, that's largely <laughs> because of our, uh, the way our constitution frames individual states' rights and how they have the power to organize their elections. Though I do agree, if we had um, uh, more accountability, like automatic voter registration, we would have a lot more of those... Um, People who are, like you were saying, should be registered, should be in our process, and should be counted, they would actually be getting notifications about these elections. But unfortunately, because we are focused on um, the neoliberal democracy, where if you have a job, if you have wealth, if you have the means to participate in our democracy, then and only then are you allowed to participate. That's the uh, defining narrative of our democracy right now. And we do have to expand the franchise to everyone. But it's, uh, it's sadly, uh, it's not exactly going to be by using a blockchain technology as much as I'd like that. Because even Estonia, which has a purely online democracy, they still use paper ballots um, for some of their elections because it is just better. Right. Man. <sighs> just having a lot of people in one area is already a problem, but there's there's got to be a better way it's like you, you got to put more trust in the people and the people and more trust in the leaders that's the problem i i, I think i think the better way is just by enfranchising everyone just give everyone monthly cash and then all of our voter oh, yeah. ID laws all of our uh, lack of access all of the uh costs of participating in our democracy basically vanish they still exist and still need to be reformed, but they aren't the immediate hurdle that they are. Yep, UBI, yeah, dude. It's like a, like a lubricant or just like, uh, you know, the initial seed that, like, these things can sprout from. You know, it's, it's, it's a starting point, and you can't start without one. That's, yeah. Remember, remember what Yang called them? Democracy dollars? Dude, yeah. that would be make so much sense if you like, right. like made it like you advertise it, like go use it and have it for you to be able to vote safely and securely, and you can have whatever else, whatever you want with the money. 
it's democracy dollars like literally for the, the democracy that's right? I, I truly think that either public financing of elections or democracy dollars would completely change our primary process across the nation because the hardest thing for most candidates is the green game actually getting enough uh funding and uh traction to survive as a team and like continue to spread your message and that's why so many do uh, turn to PACs and uh, larger political organizations which have defined interests right because they got that money they can win the green game that's kind of unfair though like right now like it's really it's really about it's really about who had the initiative to gather the capital right uh that's this is this is tough even for younger people especially for younger people because uh we we have such a small slice of the circulating economy right now that we we don't really have young people well i mean that that's that's just oppression i mean all that is yeah i mean it's 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 amazing to uh say that it what it is because um you know you 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 don't get you you it it's illegal for anyone under the age of 16 to what even work a job right what what is that like i think i think you have to be uh, 16 or older unless like you're volunteering or doing a lemonade stand or something like that you know and and that's yeah. that's so that's so f- f- screwed up that it's like here here we are you're still buying things and like paying taxes on it but at the same time like oh like your voice doesn't count until you know, we tell you with some arbitrary number that like really doesn't make sense. And the whole thing that we miss like a transition period of like, you know, it, it, it's like, oh, the minute you get a degree and the minute you're, you know, you, you finished like, you know, a certain grade, it's like, oh, you're an adult now. Like we, we never introduced you to like how, you know, these things work. But, you know, we expect you to know already. Yeah. Sure. They just throw you into the fire, dude. Like, nothing right they're, they're so stupid it's like you know and and the the like plenty of time to introduce us to all of these concepts when we're trapped in a room with some probably boring person we're wasting our time for no reason on nonsense right some you can look up on yeah you can look up online right like a lot of the shit I learned during high school, I looked at during online. Like how to I, yeah find the See, cell it, of the they, whatever. Tell us like yeah, how to call your Congress people, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, they 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 should tell us not what to think, but how to think, and that's the problem. You know, it's, it's just the thing, and then and then you have a whole fucking population with like very little critical thinking skills. Because the whole command and control structure structure of the schooling system is not about consent; it's about force. And then you you throw people into a world that's based on consent other than force, but their whole lives of like growing up have only been based on force. Idiots. But but <laughs> but it is all based on force because what happens if you don't pay your taxes? The IRS shows up and will start taking your shit. And if yeah. you don't like it, how do you stop it? You don't stop it. Why? Because the cops are on the side of the IRS. The sheriff will show up in your house and take your shit if you owe money to the IRS. I know really? people it's happened to, so I know I'm not just making that up. So this is where I'm like, what part of our society really is 
all about consent on mutual levels? Or is it all, all always under a veiled threat of force? And this is where I say, yes, it's always with this veiled threat of force. You're going to do it our way. And if you don't like it, that's too bad. We'll put you behind bars if you push back hard enough in the right way. So you might get by with not paying your taxes, you know, not filing income taxes for most of your life. But do you, does anybody feel secure enough to take the risk? Hell nah. I honestly think that, uh, that is an absurdity to, it's the same as, uh, debtor jails. We outlawed, uh, throwing people in jail because they owe debts, because we know that that's immoral, especially when we know that they cannot make money in jail. <laughs> it's, immoral and completely backwards but taxes are a different matter um because taxes are in theory only applied when you make money but a lot of cases either you don't know how the tax code works or um you use it wrong and you can end up getting thrown in jail for owing money like uh kaizen was asking at what level is there mutual consent i i do think that that's a uh very good question because we should have it at all levels in our society if we want to be a society focused on democracy capitalism and equity with everyone having their own sovereign opinions but we don't have that because most people can't actually break against um, the entrenched powers like large corporations and small towns or the authoritarian government telling you that you have to do this thing or this thing uh and that's where a basic income really shines its light. Like, even if it's yeah. a measly amount of money, think, you like, can still use that money to fight for yourself. The, like, it's it's kind of dumb that, like, how, like, the IRS needs your money when, like, the Fed just, like, prints out new money to give to, like, the corporations and well, stuff. Well, that's, that's, uh, <laughs> I honestly, that's a whole centuries-long economic discussion on the value of currencies because the reason we tax currencies is to pay back debt to strengthen our currency on the global stage. Oh, right. Uh, right. There's a question in the Twitch chat. I just got back, but I figured I'd uh, um, mention that real quick. They want to know if anybody's read The Republic by Plato. The Republic. That sounds familiar. Yes, absolutely. It was required. Uh, as part of our Western civilization course in college. So I've read it twice because I had to take that class twice. I changed colleges. I wasn't part of the previous portions of the conversation, so I don't know why that's relevant, but I figured I'd, uh, I'm sure we it's got nothing to do with the conversation. Over, uh, uh, Greece and the original de uh, democracy. So I think that's where it came from. Gotcha, gotcha. Sorry, I'm still under the weather, so I'm going to be really quiet, but I'm here. It's all right. Yay. Thanks for pitching that in. So, I mean, to answer the question, I've read The Republic. It's been years ago, but this is where, so what's the value of a college education? It's being exposed to stuff like that, of understanding where the founding fathers got some of the ideas that they formed these documents with. Like, and that is all about critical thinking skills. And it's not taught in the public schools, but it for sure is taught in college, if it's a good college. 100%. You know? Because... Uh, just if, especially if you're you're in a proper college that forces you to build your own program or at least understand how to register your own classes, then you can really uh, be meticulous on 
where you go. And by having to think about what teachers you're going to deal with, what classes you need, or what prerequisites you have to accomplish, you really do think about your time and how you spend it. And that is very, very uh, core to critical thinking. Southie. I think just the function of college is a great model of school. Yeah. Big brain. See, I, I lucked out in the, in the public school system simply because I, I was able to attend an alternative program. And that alternative program isn't like what most people think of as alternative program anymore. Alternative programs are remote situations or online learning situations for kids that can't cut the regular classroom for whatever reason. But our alternative program was based on the free schools of the 60s. That was more about independent study and independent scholarship and that the teachers weren't there to tell us how to think, but were there to be resources for us as we followed our own learning curve. Oh, right? that's wonderful. Uh, right. That's like the, Sud the Sudbury model. Have you heard of that? Like I, I did a whole presentation on like unschooling and uh, democratic schooling. So go ahead. That's cool. So it was it was definitely a democratic school in, in the fact that we we in our alternative program, which was a, about 250 students altogether for all four grades, uh, nine through 12, that when it came to our alternative program classes we set our own schedule the teachers didn't pick what time they were teaching world world history the students picked what time that class was going to be offered it was all about the numbers of this these are requirements x many kids need to be have these classes when can we get the most kids that need that this semester and where should it be you know and that helped us be able to get better electives we were able to teach our own classes. So we did have some student taught classes. We had community taught classes in our alternative programs on topics that you never would have gotten in the regular school system. Things like I took twice a class called the bomb and it was an exploration of the politics, the politics, the social atmosphere and the science of developing nuclear weapons and what kind of impact did that have on us at that time when I, you know, in the early 90s. And how were, how were we seeing what nuclear technology has done to us as a country, as a world, since that day that we, that we formed those, those weapons and, and what was really at stake. And it was in that class that I remember, and, and it applies today, of our, one of the two teachers, the social studies teacher in that course, was our program director and she said kids i'm going to tell you right now you don't need to be afraid of russia russia's never been a threat to us yeah. and never will be because they are not interested in waging war against the united states they're interested in going to space that's why they were interested in nuclear power all along we don't need to worry about that we don't need to worry about russia bombing us but we need to keep our eye on china because they have a plan. It's a hundred year plan and they're in the middle of it and they're going to clean up. And it's That's been true. 30 years later. And who are we talking about now? It ain't Russia. It's a little bit Russia, but it's really not Russia. No, it's Russia, China. The way we're talking about Russia right now is as a uh, more of a rogue foreign power, like how we talk about North Korea. It's not as in a global national threat like how we do discuss China, because China does provide 
many different uh, dimensions against America, economic, military, and uh, frontier exploration. Um, it, it really has been like, uh, I know we had the Cold War and it was pitted as USSR versus America, but that wasn't really it. It was more that Russia was frustrated that America was wanton terrorists on a global stage. We dropped a nuclear weapon on a country that was falling already just as an experiment. And that is truly what Russia has taken issue against us for decades, that we didn't nuclearly disarm, that we didn't assure uh, nuclear peace in the world. That's and, their primary grievance with us. And if, what, when the Pentagon Papers came out, what was revealed is that the United States was almost single-handedly responsible for the escalation. Russia didn't have warheads the way that we claimed they did to the American people to justify our expansion of our nuclear arsenal. We yeah. were like 100 to 1. Oh, at the beginning, we were at 100 to 1. And then we were 1,000 to 1. to 1 by the end. <laughs> but that's just nuts. And what good has any of those warheads done any one of us? Nothing. It's I mean, done why nothing good for us. Peace heads. <laughs> and, you know, well, Harry, even Harry Truman said we should have a, a, a Department of Peace. Well, that's he's the one that dropped the fucking bomb, and he said we should do that. <laughs> we haven't done it yet. Why do we have a War Department but no Peace Department? It makes no sense. Fuck. Maybe we are. Maybe maybe humans are the Peace Department. We just gotta do it ourselves. Right. Fuck it, dude. We just gotta get rid of all these dumbasses that are in power i mean that's like thing because because we always think no their jobs are too complicated we can never understand no actually it's 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 a, <laughs> it's a job that was designed for any citizen to participate in right, right. And, if, and if andrew yang taught us anything it's like they're they're afraid of just practical intelligent problem solvers because they're 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 leeches and parasites that just you know suck off of drama, just like that. Well, I mean that's what politics is if you really think about it. Like many ticks, poly means many, and we all know what ticks mean. So oh God! Okay, now they got the nasty idea, man. Right? Yeah. But, but that, <laughs> well, that ties that ties right back into Plato's Republic. That politics is nothing more than the management of large groups of people. That's what the word, the root comes from. Right. Yeah. Well, and so we've turned it into this thing that's untouchable. But when, in, in reality, it's just managing large groups of people. <laughs> right. How do you manage a large group of people? Here are a whole bunch of different methods. And this is what ancient Greece, Greece right. did. And it I seemed mean, to work okay for the people yeah. that got to participate, which wasn't Do, very many people. Yeah. D doing that with their consent and their, you know, good faith and stuff. Instead of, you know, pitting them against one another, brainwashing them, like trying to control them and stuff, you know, we, we noticed that, right? <laughs> just, oh, oh it, like, it's, it's 10 minutes before I have to go to the ley line, but I just wanted to let everybody know I did this new thing. It's called uh, Ariel the Avalanche, and it really uh, ties in with my personality. It's just like a no-holds-barred, just like things. So now I'm calling it revolutionary <laughs> thinking with ariel the avalanche and i'm gonna do like a cool 
like backstory of that and i and i have the it was cool this fan made a video for me and uh yeah i was just flattered and honored that somebody would make a video and a poem and a song for me that was really nice wow i wanted to have that (laughs) fans (laughs) yeah that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm working on, on, on some, some creative, fun kind of like ideas for this whole like personality I'm building up. And uh, yeah, I'm, don't I'm, forget us, Ariel. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, like, come, come and support it. Like, comment on the videos. We can have fun. I can, I can kind of invite you guys, but. Uh, but like I, the, the, I saw that video. It was a good piece of music too. I enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's it. Well, it all started when you know um, a while back. Uh, some people call it what you want to call it. I paid a lot of money for this program that was supposed to make me like a great sales and a closer, quote unquote. But I just saw so much backstabbing and lying and cheating and. And all sorts of BS. And I just said, you know what? I I don't appreciate this. I don't appreciate spending my hardware money on like an online program just to come in and see all the internal politics and all the, you know, garbage and stuff. So I said, you know what? As an avalanche, you know, personality, I'm going to I'm going to come down on the liars and the cheaters and the bullshitters of the world like an avalanche so that's that's where i got the inspiration true that would be pretty that would be uh next level for you dude that'd be pretty good yeah yeah i'm excited it's like no fear just just no holds barred just uh just raw like power and emotion (laughs) toward the uh toward the BSers of the world, toward the, you know, scammers and cheaters and thing. And, and the beautiful part is it's like, like an avalanche. It's like they never see it coming. All of a sudden, there's like a small little rumble and they look behind them and all of a sudden, what? <laughs> you know, boom, they're buried. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, and that's really what I'm going for. You know? That feels so like your luck. <laughs> I do, I do wish you luck. I feel like that's your calling almost. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah yeah it really does feel like my calling man i, I mean i mean and and i i hope it excites people i hope i hope people get like riled up i, I mean andrew yang always called it like a wave like we're, we're gonna bring that wave to washington it's like wait well the wave's got nothing on an avalanche yeah we're, we're right. so far off you know what right. so like a year off i think 2022 is going to be that big old wave the, the yeah. wave that crushes the gop yeah. Oh yeah, like they don't have they don't have Big Daddy Trump to to hide behind anymore. Well, they they got Big Daddy Trump fighting against them now. <laughs> I'm not I'm not completely convinced that I shouldn't run as a Republican just just because they're yeah, so they're so horrible. And I know how to talk to conservatives in a way that they're not intimidated and they don't identify necessarily me with being a leftist. Which is fine by me. Well, I would like to see that. some leftist thought come into the GOP because I'm tired of the solutions that old white men are coming up with. We've seen what it's done to our everything. And like, I'm just tired of their shit, man. No offense to any of the white men in this room. I'm not hey, talking no, about I'm, you guys. I'm, 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 but but I, I would just take away the word white and just say old, 
old people. I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> I'm just, like, just kind of sick of it. Like, like, do you not include Nancy Pelosi and uh, Diane Feinstein in there? <laughs> yeah, and well, and, I... But my argument is that those those women are nothing but white men in dresses. <laughs> Basically. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I was honestly... Uh, struggling with this question myself, Kai, was should I run Republican because I will have all the traditional ease, I will have a weaker party that will have disinterest, and I could take a greater market share. But the fundamental fact is the narrative of our nation right now is we are in a paradigm shift. The Democratic Party is weak, and it's likely to split. So it's better that we actually put pressure on the Democratic Party as a center-right party and convince Republicans to abandon the GOP and become blue dog Democrats. And then the Democratic Party will have enough pressure to fracture into a progressive wing and the center-right wing. Right. The best thing is that this whole forward idea, I think we have like a piece of the Yang Yang is Republicans and a piece is Democrats, but like they can show that through that, like, we don't need to subscribe to all the, you know, divisive BS. Sorry, reference, I interrupted. Go ahead. No, no, I was just saying that's an interesting idea because of the paradigm shift because it's, we're in the, we're nearing 2022 already. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's already on the, I feel like something's going to happen around near the end of the year. So <laughs> well, yeah. I get feeling something big is going to happen in this year. So that's I think it's because- New new right. new progressive voice renamed his channel to Paradigm Shift. Yeah, and and, and there who who is that? You know that Barrington guy who's running in Georgia, uh, on under like Yang Yang stuff, and then we had like Trumper for Yang. It's like they're they're becoming friends with each other. So yeah, and yeah. Trumper for Yang is actually pulling like act really left. He's uh, supporting like Medicare for all and a few other much more progressive policies. Not just basic income. Yeah, p- people are finally taking their blinders off and finally realizing that, you know, we're being triangulated. We're, we're being used as like pawns against each other by, by people who really don't give a crap about us like one way or the other. And it's like, what, why are we fighting with each other and letting them use us to fight with each other when we really should be fighting them? <laughs> you know? So yeah. this has been an interesting week that I've had the opportunity to interact with uh, uh, people that I would normally wouldn't ever interact with because we've had workmen coming in and out of the house that we're moving into. And I've, I talked with two different Trump voters, both white men, um, one a little bit older than me and the other one a few years younger than me. And the one thing that we all agreed on was that the system is rigged. And whether or not you uh, agreed with Trump or in any of his policies or not, that his idea of draining the swamp was the thing that motivated a lot of people to vote for him because they all recognize that there's corruption that hurts us. Hmm. So it was less about like, it's like, yeah, we saw that he was a misogynist and a racist, but that's not why we voted for him. We voted for him because of the drain in the swamp. We voted for him because he was reaching out to us. It's a deeper and, yeah. It's the that, elite versus the peasants. It's yeah. top. Yep. Yeah, that, that makes sense. 
and and this is where I just kind of think like, well, and especially with UBI, it's a bipartisan thing. And I I think I might have even sold the one guy who's like, no, I never I don't want to give my money to people that won't do anything. And I'm like, but honey, how many people do you know that are doing hard work and could just use it for their own gains in a way that would benefit you? And as we talked a little bit longer, he's talking about how he and his second wife adopted a kid and then they got divorced. And what's he doing? He's paying alimony and child support mm-hmm. for a kid that isn't even biologically his. And he's glad to do it. But why does she need that money? Right. And this is right. where I'm like, but imagine the future where there's a UBI. You're getting $2,000 a month from the government just because you live and breathe in the United States. And then how much of a burden are those checks to you at that point? Like, would you care as much that they're taking money out of your pocket for your kid? That's Probably actually not. A really great re- way to wow. So what did he say? Conservatives. Uh, uh, oh, he, he, he was, it, it, uh, I could see that the wheels were turning. You know, oh, I could yeah. see That's in his point. head that he's like, oh, 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 yeah. Like, That's what we need. And then, <laughs> like, yeah. and, then, and then it's also, it's also the flip side of, and then why would she need to ask for support if she's getting a UBI? And if your child's getting a portion of a UBI, like at that point, then do the courts really need to mess with that? Because really all, all those custody agreements and child support, it's entirely about property rights. Yep. Where where our system treats children as the property of their parents. Oh, that pisses me off so much. Uh, it but pisses a lot. Of people off. But this yeah. it pisses a lot of people off on both sides of the fence. On on one side, it's my kids aren't property, and why are you making me treat them like property? And then it's on the flip side of well, this is my financial obligation, but you're not giving me enough credit. And this is where UBI just kind of wipes all of that clean. Holy and then shit. It is a transformational policy because it, it's so difficult to describe how uh, obtrusive the federal government actually is when it tries to help. And that is, I believe, the core concern of most conservatives, especially ones that call themselves fiscal conservatives. What they are trying to do in a very backhanded way is restructure our government's resources to get to people who need it more effectively. But by creating these programs and barriers and requirements and all these other arbitrary rules that place the power of denial in the hands of unaccountable agencies, they create more barriers that make government larger and more cumbersome. And it's easier just to pay people cash even if it seems like the more expensive option it's the cheapest yes absolutely cost labor as well as cash and actually when you talk about human welfare programs i'm not going to talk about corporate welfare because that's yeah that's a whole other that's 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 a whole different thing that's its own thing (laughs) it well and it's not just tax code though because the government spends a lot of subsidy subsidy and we don't we don't we don't call it welfare but that's what it is it it really is and it's under the guise of national security and it's like then nationalize those industries (laughs) like if 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 it's truly that important the nation should control it (laughs) this makes me want to go to like my government building in maui and like 
hold a sign saying like something like universal basic income. And that, well, that, 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 that's why we created this podcast and, and refluence. It's like, remember you, you were, you were, um, you were just our YouTube commenter before you became, you know, our, our speaker right. here. And we, we, we really like your contribution, but that, but that's wonderful. Like you, you were just some random person in Hawaii, who just stumbled upon us on YouTube, and now you're saying, like, this makes me want to go out and hold up a sign and say this, that's that, that's perfect, because we're just hoping that more people will stumble upon us and listen to us and just say, that makes me want to go out and do this. Now, you know? while I love, I love that optimism, there's a, uh, an old, uh, a good saying, um, uh, believers focus on strategy, leaders focus on logistics if this right. sounds like something you want to actually help actually contribute some time to or actually contribute money to find a ca candidate who's running on these issues in your area to change your congress or if you do not find someone who's doing that do it yourself the age for representative is 25 i believe the age for um senator is 28 so it's like there's there's really no, it's like a very low bar to actually get into government and start changing things. You just have to have a good message and talk to your community and be real with who you want to represent. What is the age for 25 again? Age representative. for representative. Uh, our, our congressional house representative. Um, you do have to figure out what your district is, but it's, it's very easy to find out. Oftentimes, okay. that information is on your voter registration card. It should tell you ward, precinct, all of that stuff. I'm, go I'm Googling how to become a representative in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it before I become 20. Well, right when I get 25, get to age 25, I'm going to try. I'm gonna and do I, it. I want to mention that that age requirement is only when you take the oath of office. And that's in January of the year after your election. So you can be 24 when you actually get voted on in November. As long as you're 25 by January, you're good. So I'm 20. I'm turning 22 in March. So that'll be like 2026, 2027. Yeah. I, I yeah. So I believe it's only even years that we have the uh, uh, representative elections. Um, but Senate elections are on every six years, and there's special elections. So yours may be on an odd numbered year. Yeah, uh, 2027. For real. All right, let's do it. <laughs> I'd also recommend getting in with like your uh, local progressive. I'll come work groups. on your campaign in Hawaii. Yeah, you betcha. there are other positions yeah. too. I mean, there are local positions at your municipality. There are other there are positions at your state level. You know, there's your state congress, uh, and that all matters too. Yeah. Almost as much, perhaps, perhaps just as much as the federal stuff. Who's to say? Perhaps more. That depends on your personal beliefs on. Yeah where you yeah. believe the uh, fractured power of our democracy has the most. Yeah. Um, for example, a lot of people will say the uh, presidency is the highest office in the land. And I would personally contend as a constitutional textualist that a representative is actually a higher office than the presidency and that the president is merely an agent of the legislature. True. Yeah, I Practicality behind that uh, perspective. Hi, Faye. Oh, hey, Faye. Long time ago. Uh, welcome, welcome to the show, Faye. Good to see you. But um, we're in the middle of talking about uh, the refluence running for Congress, which is a good idea. Um, but uh, he's a bit young, so we might 
but but I was saying let's let's if if you can't run for Congress and you would like to run for something sooner, nothing will stop you from running for whatever you can run for. You know, if you have to, if the thing you can run for is alderman, do it. Get in there. Start. And honestly, the most important thing you can do is to start changing your community votes. If you get your community to understand what basic income is, what uh, monthly cash would mean for their lives, and to start telling them who supports those policies, you will start swinging votes by the thousands. And that's really the uh, game here, is by changing who's in power. That's easy, bro. I can do that like in a flash, like nothing. Oh my god, that just changes my whole perspective about what I can you do. Know, if you're a streamer with like even a tiny fan base, and that they're potential constituents, they have the potential to vote for you, and they're like normally non-voters, you've got access to non-voters, which are like the, the most coveted commodity in the political world from the electoral right. perspective. It's true. It's true. Uh, and that's the way to really change things, electorally, if, if electoralism is to work at all. It is. I, I believe it is. I mean, it, if there was one sign I was taken, I took from the Capitol attacks this year, it is that America is stalwart. We will persevere in our institutions and in our rituals. Tenacious. Indeed. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Faye, did you want to say anything when you came in? I, you know, I haven't been on the podcast the last two weeks, and I thought I'd pop in because I just ran into a giant snag, so I was, like, frustrated and not trying to be upset. <sighs> well, welcome to the you show. Uh, tell, us about, tell us about the snag. Sorry, uh, sorry having trouble, but uh, I'm glad to hear from you. What's, what's going on? Oh, well, I'm currently in Tucson, which is nice because the weather's, like, 70-something degrees outside, which is much better than the rest of our country. Um, but, I'm glad uh, you got your nap safe. <laughs> yeah so uh but uh unfortunately i have uh, a giant leak right now in my truck <laughs> oh no i turned on the car and there was a giant puddle that just kept streaming out of it so is it do you know what it is uh so i'm actually like really close to angelo you know angelo uh so oh, Angela's like, going to come to the rescue and look at my truck, so that's interesting. Um, which is good, actually, but it means I might not be able to leave thought, today it, to where it, I was trying to go. It would be so cool if we had, like, one person from each state from the podcast. It's like, okay, Refluence Hawaii, California, Angelo in Arizona, uh, you're, you're in New Mexico... Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, Shayla's in New York. Uh, I mean, we're already there, in right? Michigan, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Kai is in uh, Kansas. And we got so it's Dista like Montana. Yeah. Who? Dista. Dista. Yeah, yeah, he's in Montana, and and we haven't heard uh, from. But but this I'm is not in so Kansas cool. anymore, honey. I'm in oh, I'm in Indiana right. now. Oh, oh you're well, in Indiana. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. More more states to add. Yeah, so yeah. so this is this is pretty nice that like now now we see it's like we're a united front in like all over the country. I, I don't do do we have do we have an international one yet? I mean, or? we have people from Canada who've been on our show. We had people, right? From- yeah, yeah, with, with international uh, yeah. guests and yeah, London yeah. and and Kenya and and all this stuff. So it's so cool. Like like the main speakers are like all domestic from like all over the US and then the guests are like international and stuff. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool, you know. We got Izzy in uh Chicago, Illinois. 
too. Right. Yeah. No and we have Texas exactly. represented by. Uh, yeah, we got Texas. Faye. Yeah, we got who? Who is our Texas one again? Other Faye. That's Other Faye. Faye. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 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 but you know what's so cool about this is like we're just friends too in all these different states like think about it we're we're, we're friends but we're also trying to make the world a better place together and we're like hey you want to do this thing let's train you up because we kind of have some yeah. uh cheat sheets oh. we've already come across oh th- this is hilarious you guys i have to share this story okay so i was in my mall and then all of a sudden i was walking around and i see this like i kid you not this japanese camera and i'm like what are you guys here and then they're they're saying they're from like the tokyo news and i'm like what are you filming and they're like oh like random people he's like you want to be filmed?" and i'm like yeah yeah they talk talk to me about like the 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 how how california is opening up and uh opening up more restaurants and opening up and do do i think it's more mature and then i said the one thing you can't do is force people to be at home without paying them and and I and I gave them the whole thing. It kind of went over UBI. their heads a little bit. Yeah, it, it went over their heads a little bit, but at the same time, it was pretty cool. Like, do that look at like, you trying to yank other people in other countries, right? <laughs> on the news channel, on the yeah, news channel. Exactly. It was really cool. It was like, but then, but then I asked them for like a card, and they said they didn't have one. And then they just said it was Tokyo Broadcasting System or something like that. I went to look yeah. them up online. But it was really like, I don't know, their website wasn't really that great. But hey, if it went out to the people who live in Tokyo, <laughs> that's, that's pretty awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, so, you yeah. know, okay, can I tell you guys a little bit about, like, my adventures since I started? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear, I want to hear everything. Oh, man, no, we're going to gloss over a lot of things that were just way too chaotic for this channel. No, I'm sorry. Oh, my. Um, well, I was, okay, so there was freezing rain that hit, right? And I was in Fort Worth one day before that 100-something pile-up cars that happened, where, like, multiple people died. Uh, and I had stopped in Fort Worth because I couldn't even drive because my windshield kept icing within, like, a minute of scraping it off. And I was like, well, I guess I'm here for the night. And I had somebody, uh, th- like, uh, the next night, because I... I the same thing happened. I literally just saw a transformer blow. Okay. At first, at, like, my heater went out in my truck. Okay. So I'm just miserable because it's really cold. And I'm, I'm sitting there and uh, I see, or, well, I have a blanket over my head. I'm like a cocoon of blankets. It's kind of pathetic. But I heard a boom. And I was like, well, that's not a normal sound. And I pull off my blanket and I, see, I hear a boom again. And like, the sky was green. I was like, fireworks? And then to the right, I saw this, like, big spark, like, fiery thing and an explosion. I was like, what's happening over there? Next thing you know, there's cops. And, like, all, yeah, I don't know. Um, so that was interesting to witness. Out of all the places I could have been. And then, um, yeah, uh, there. it's also interesting to see, like, which areas of, um, people will mask up. Uh, I find that quite fascinating as I travel. Like, if if the state is warm and uh, the income is higher, they honestly don't care about masks. They don't. Uh, wow. I mean, it changes. But but I think they're like, well, it's warm outside. The coronavirus is not as strong, maybe. Also, they're not suffering from as much stress because of poverty, I think. This is all theory. I really don't know. 
But I right. do know there's a difference. Um, and as far as like uh, lower income ar- areas, they're like, I can't even afford to get a ticket if I was supposed to, you know, like, you know, if you get caught without a mask or something. And so like, they're even like fear mindset of like, must wear a mask. Um, most businesses, though, require a mask, though there were certain states, pardon me, sorry. Uh, there were certain states that, um, like, you could walk in and people were like, nah. <laughs> um, some bars, though, like, I went to a bar in Florida, uh, and they're like, you would be the weird one wearing one, actually. Maybe you shouldn't wear it. I was like, what? What? <laughs> weird. Uh, not weird. Maybe dangerous is more accurate. Yeah, dangerous. Uh, <laughs> um, like, but that's a public setting, you know, but they were outside too. But I think even on the inside, they weren't really wearing them, you know. Um, so, uh, in most places, if you sit down at a restaurant, they'll just like, they don't even care, right? And that's most states. Um, because you're going to eat, right? Um, let's see, what else have I witnessed while traveling? Uh, the mental health of a lot of people has declined rapidly that I've met. Uh, people are uh, like... That just sucks. Yeah, but other people who have started projects because of Andrew Yang have actually been growing on their projects, such as this gal Michelle here in Tucson who has a community center out of one of her homes. Um, And so, like, I actually recorded some of her uh, stuff. I met her shortly after she started this idea. Um, And she didn't even have the idea until she got this other house. And, like, I I was here uh, several months ago. And, like, it's evolved a lot, right? So I get to see peeking into people's lives of, like, their progress or their... um, Movements. Yeah, well, because, like, if their environment gets messier, that means their mental health has gotten messier to some capacity. Um, And uh, so, like, but when you leave a place, you've kind of got this, like, snapshot in your head what you remember it to look like. So when you go again, you actually anticipate it to look like that. And so your mind now plays spot the difference, you know? Um, and I haven't had this with everyone, right, obviously. But there are certain areas that I've driven through that I'm like, wow, that area looks way worse, you know? Um, and there are certain areas across the country that um, they never uh, recovered from uh, natural disasters uh, and the damage caused by that. Um, that there's a lot of that. Um, especially like anywhere the hurricanes have hit, um, some areas where tornadoes hit as well. Um, and you know, I keep thinking, man, these people can't afford to like replace their house. That's now falling apart. Um, and it's already been a while. It's already been a while. It's already been a while since the whatever disasters. Well, I mean, even hurricane Katrina has remnant damage, uh, damage that isn't repaired, you know? Oh, pardon me. Sorry. Wrong <laughs> story. Uh, but yeah, and then there's also um, a lot of paranoia around anyone who watches the media has extreme paranoia, uh, even of their neighbors. Um, you know, uh, so that's a little concerning, a lot of fear. Uh, but in the lower income areas, the crime has gone up. And you can kind of tell simply by like watching people interact at the convenience store. Um, wow. And yeah. So it's been weird to witness all of this with my own eyes, you know. Um, I had uh, an encounter with a security guard, which actually 
usually they don't go all that great but this time i was in fort worth texas and it was like my windshield froze and they're like oh you can stay here but you're in a bad neighborhood uh be warned lots of drug users and i was like oh okay and like not even a half hour later this guy who was um looking for dope i think comes up to my window and starts talking to me and like offering his hotel room to me i'm like no thank you Um, (laughs) like (laughs) i'm good uh holy shit so it's an interesting ride uh, to go across the country during a pandemic uh, to see that uh, almost all the roads are shit. I'm sorry. They're all terrible. Yeah, like, our, our infrastructure has been garbage. Like, there's, there's genuine frustration and anger among uh, poor Republicans because there hasn't been infrastructure spending. Like, they've had legitimate jobs, good jobs that they know they can do but aren't getting the government funding to do that job. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, che- Cheese Hello. Guy. Hi. Who's Hi, Cheese, cheese Guy? I, I, we talked to him before. He's, uh, he's in Asia. Which uh, country are you in again? Or Europe? Uh, Was it Europe? I'm Myanmar. Where? Myanmar. Oh, Myanmar. damn. How's that coup going? Yeah. Um, How's that junta? Uh, not, not so good. Oof. Not so good. I'm so sorry. I, I want to apologize as an American. I honestly blame our capital attacks on your coup, or our, your coup on our capital attacks. It, it, if we hadn't had that happen, you would be just totally fine. <laughs> Under a... Honestly, I don't think so. I've, I, I think the military has been planning this for a while, so... yeah. What are you talking about? Discussing about... Uh, we're talking about Faye um, traveling throughout the country and what she's seen, what she experienced. Yeah, we're on uh, live stream, by the way, just so you know. Yeah, we're on, on live stream. stream. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I was just talking about, um, so I'm trying to drive across the country. Uh, I started in Alabama, which is kind of like, um, what would you say, Southeast uh, America? Um, just just above then, the panhandle of Florida. Like. <laughs> yeah. And then I drove, uh, now I'm in Tucson, Arizona, which is getting closer to the West Coast. Except for now my truck is leaking. But during this time, I noticed a lot of uh, on-the-ground things that concerned me. But also, I want to report to you guys, you know? Like, this is important stuff. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think, I think uh, certain things get overlooked, you know? Um, because nobody's witnessing it, and they just trust the news media. And nobody's, like, truly recording it, you know? Um, but also, like... I've been meeting with my mentors along the route as well. So I'm actually um, working on um, the universal basic income pilot uh, uh, for the town of Fort Deposit, Alabama. Um, so far, I've worked on it with Feku, Angelo, and uh, Joe, who's my editor. Um, and so, like, it's already touched several hands. <laughs> it's not quite where I want it, but, um, you know, it's to tie in other activists' work uh, and people we've had on our podcast and other organizations that um, we've been working with as a team collectively. So, I mean, it's it's trudging along. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm trying. <laughs> you do it, Faye. You do it the way you want to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, lots of work. So that's really cool you want to run, though. Uh, but yeah. Um, you would have a few years uh, before qualifying, right? <laughs> yeah, it's going to take me like four or five years. Uh, how much yeah. of the foundation of politics do you understand? 
it's a lot of like following the money, basically. Well, that I don't, oh, I don't really know. <laughs> we get to it, let's get into that. But before we do, I just want to clarify, cheese, uh, cheese guy. I just want to clarify, uh, you are welcome to speak, even though we're on a live stream. I just wanted to let you know that we are being live streamed. Just, just so you know. But, uh, but welcome to the show. We're very happy to have you and your perspective. So welcome. Very glad. Anyway, uh, please, please continue. So yeah, I was I was suggesting that Refluence could run for whatever he could run for, be it alderman, even you know anything at the anything at the municipal or state level. If he can't at the federal, and if he can't at the federal, do it. That's great, absolutely. And uh, you know, Refluence, you're saying you you want to stream and and do good with streaming, right? I think right. the best thing you could do is be a successful streamer with streaming, with streaming. and then and- run for Congress and turn your viewers into new voters who support you and become your constituents and bring you to Congress. Yeah. Like an influencer kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I can, yeah. I can do that. Also, I mean, you could be um, an advocate for certain things that matter now. You don't have to be in political office. You can also set examples now, right? You can record yourself doing things or teaching other people or asking them questions. So if they train you, that means they want to learn too. Right. Um, so these are things to consider. Um, also, just remember, you're not alone. You're not alone. <laughs> that, that I learned long time ago. Like that was like when my depression, when I got depressed, I, I had a long time healing coming when I got depressed. And um, it was it was a hard time. And I, yeah, I had to learn that I was not alone. I had to ask for help. That that was the one thing I I really learned from my depressive state. So you know, but yeah, um, I I got laid I laid off or let go recently from my other job because <laughs> you can see me in a different spot rather than the man like the tool shed or whatever that I was before. But um, being being unemployed is kind of different, but. Uh, I have another job lined up for me. The McDonald's want me back soon, so I just need a I need uh, some sort of income, like so, like a stimulus check or like a basic income would help right now. But you know, if if I had a, some sort of income where I wouldn't need to worry about like my bills or stuff like that, I could do like more creative things. Like for a lot of other people, like you could do like like for me, example, I wanted to I have like this weaving project here <laughs> i got like i got um was it palm tree leaves and then i i didn't touch them for a while but now they're dried up and they're kind of hard to bend so for example if i if i didn't have bills to pay or like i didn't have to worry about them i could be folding weaving and stuff or i could be out uh advocating for ubi or i could be out like streaming i i wouldn't have to work a job that would take a lot of my time to influence other people so you know a lot of these extra monies that would help would like really help in the end man you know that's that's my topic that's my thing it's just really it's really tough nowadays on on top of uh a, a lot of other people because you know other people would need my my sort of situation but they're worse off because they don't have the right uh relationship healthy relationships or because you know, i know a lot of um you got a lot right of, out of you're i mean 
I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just want to just I want to encourage you because you have the right attitude to lead leadership as service. You know, you want to help people because you recognize you've been through some bad stuff, but some people have been through a worse version of it. And, you know, you've survived it. You've developed coping mechanisms and you're trying to claw your way out of it. But, you know, it's a, it's a systemic problem. And because you have survived it and experienced it firsthand, you are um, personally equipped to help lead our way out of the problem by changing the system and becoming one of our elected leaders, you know, in theory, if our, if our government is to work ever again, if it ever has. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, you, to take that story, keep telling it. I'm sorry to interrupt you. But That's take okay. the story and, and, you know, make it the start of your campaign. Make it the start of your stump speech because it is good. It is reaching me. It's going to reach your constituents. So go on. I'm sorry that I interrupted. Continue. That's okay. Uh, I, I didn't realize I was telling a story in the middle of it, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about my depressive state uh, from the beginning. So, uh, you know, during high school, like uh, during high school, my, my high school days, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself and like I could do this by myself kind of deal. And then like a lot of assignments were coming up. I did the most basic ones like math and reading and English. And um, the the major project was coming up, which we called it the senior project. I don't know if other high schools have it too, but they mostly do. Like what you're going to do after high school or stuff like that. And my, my senior project was like, uh, computer engineering, computer technology, like IT stuff like that. So it's a, because I'm into computers and stuff. So um, I, I really hit like a wall um, writing my essays, writing my, like a lot of walls. Just I, I, I didn't ask for help. I, like that was the one thing. I didn't ask for help. I, I put the burden on myself and it was very tough. Like a lot of pressure just from anxiety and because during the teen years, a lot of teenager years, they put a lot of anxiety and pressure on yourself, right? So um, after that, I almost, you know, bit the bullet with um, a knife. So and then I, re I, I gave up and I, I called for help with my parents and my family. I. I told them, oh, I almost bit the bullet. You know, I didn't. I, I really love you guys. You know, stuff like that. I told my parents and my brother. And then, and then a few moments after, I, I went walking with my dad, and my dad taught me like a lot of important things, like a prayer, like um, knowing the difference, um, stuff like that. Um, uh, so I, I was sent to the hospital. I um, because I. I was like a mute. <laughs> I was. I didn't. I didn't speak. I. I was like observing from a different perspective. Like when I got really depressed, I didn't speak at all for some odd reason. Like I just paused. Like I didn't. I wasn't speaking like this at all. Like when I got depressed, it it really hit me. So I didn't speak at all, and it was very weird to my family and my friends because. They they thought I was like being weird or whatever. <laughs> it was just really tough. I remember when it was happening also. So like when I was not speaking, I I remember when a lot of my friends look at me kind of sad and I was like, Jeb, why aren't you speaking that much today? Like, Jeb, why why aren't you doing this? And they they tried 
picking me up sometimes. Like, Jeb, why why aren't you laughing? Like, it's it's just a weird way um, to experience and it just press. Well, because the mental health in our country is absolutely terrible, and we don't have like ways to really pull people out of it either. Not in a way that's like longer term, if you think about it as well. Because um, when when you get there, you don't instantly even snap out. You're almost stuck there unless uh, you have like a crew of people trying to pull you out of this quicksand. And, you know, not everyone even has people to pull them out. Or at least, hey, you're exhibiting signs that I'm very worried about. You know, uh, I had to do some reflection uh, very recently of someone who's spiraling. And, um, you know, I'm like... I'm just letting you know, you're all over the place, you're having all these extreme decisions, and I think they could really cause you harm if you follow through with any big decisions right now. Uh, You're literally going through a lot of emotional turmoil right now, and you just maybe pause, um, and then, you know, checking on, on if they're eating, or if they're sleeping, you know, have you eaten? No? Okay. Well, what could you eat that you could stomach or enjoy as a treat? Even if it's to just kickstart the food process, right? <laughs> um, are you drinking a lot of caffeine instead of sleeping? You know, how many hours are you getting? Only a few? Okay, maybe maybe figure out ways that you can br- <laughs> bring yourself to a place to sleep, you know? Um, because I think when people don't sleep, they don't eat, they don't have social networks, they might snap or make terrible decisions that are harder to come back from, you know, uh, not impossible, but harder. And as this pandemic continues and we don't have financial relief for people, we really got to like, like, it's almost like we got to step up our game, but we're at half capacity because we're barely able to take care of ourselves. So, I mean, <laughs> we're in such a difficult place now. Uh, you know, and I, I hope people are, even though there was apt, making sure they're doing self-care, you know, um, online resources for mental health. Uh, there's a lot of tools out there, but um, I recently also had to mention like, hey, what you're going through does not sound like something I personally can help you with. This sounds like a work-related thing. And your peers might be able to help you with this, right? So maybe you need to find the right type of people to complain about certain types of problems to because they have better solutions and they can think more clearly along the lines of what you need, right? And so this is just a general not to you kind of thing because right. <laughs> we were talking before. But I mean, mental health right now is very concerning for a lot of people in our country. Myself included and everybody else included because... I think everybody needs a therapist, honestly. Like, like who, who else to talk about your problems with than your mom or dad or like your siblings, right? They, they, they're part of your family, but you need an outsider perspective to see what's going on, and that's what happened during my, my, um, my situation. Because I mean, I, I love my dad and my mom, but the, the therapist really helped because they knew what type of spot I was in during um my depressive state. Yeah, and, friends uh, are great, but they're not trained professionals, that's for sure. Right. That's that's an important part. Like you need a trained professional to understand where what, what kind of spot you're in and then they can go from there. And and for me it was just a lot of burden that I put on myself during my depressive state. And so I, I 
So after that, I I I've, <laughs> I've been in the mental facility in Oahu in Hawaii, and um, I experienced a lot of uh, spiritual journeys. And and when when one time it was late at night and uh, I was sleeping, I I thought outside it was like the the John jo- was it Ark Joanna's not Joanna's Ark but Ark of I forgot. I I thought the, the they were gathering the animals and whatever like the last humans and whatever. <laughs> I thought the I thought um I actually thought the um retribution not not retribution but the like people were flying up into heaven kind of deal because if you sinned or not or you know like I thought I had, had spiritual journeys and after that I I've I've you know I begun to eat eat <laughs> I be- I begin to eat and I do my basic needs. I rest a lot. I eat a lot. My my lowest weight was like two fifteen, which is surprising because I'm uh, my maximum is like two eighty pounds, and I'm at my depressive state. I was two fifteen. That was my lowest. Anyways, that that's what depressive states can get you in. Like I think um a lot of people they experience a depressive state once in at least once in their lives because. There's there's no way you gotta keep a balance all this time. Like for me, I I thought I was trying to keep a balance all this time, but I I hit this lowest low like all of a sudden, and then I sometimes I hit the highest high even after the depressive state. So it's like it's hard to keep a balance these days because of like I feel like I'm stealing, I'm taking everybody's time or money because of whatever. So it's just well. I mean, these days, I feel like we have all the resources we could possibly need to make our country better. We just call some of it trash, or we call some of it, uh, like, um, the wrong name. Meaning we need to upcycle or evolve what we have created into something else. And if we rebrand and reuse, uh, we could probably just fix all the problems without even needing money. You would just need to teach trade skills. Uh, and by that, I mean literally trading and trade skills as well. But like, um, <laughs> because I've seen some incredible uh, trading um, be done in my life, or I've heard stories, I should say. Um, I mean, there's one you can find on uh, TED Talk where a guy like traded a red paperclip up until eventually he got a house. Okay. A uh. paperclip for a house. Okay. If that's possible. Okay, that's... what else could we do in this country? And it was like uh, the first trade was like gotta... for a fish pen or something. And then it was I like, gotta look that up. I want to look. It's a red paperclip. It's a real thing. Um, but the beautiful thing about this is that trading ended up uh, involving all these other people's lives together. It intertwined all these storylines, and it it became this beautiful thing to tell people about. Um, but I, I also one time learned about this uh, airplane mechanic who uh, had a couple parts that could put a couple airplanes back online. Uh, So those people would benefit, but they needed something from the other uh, people. I don't remember what it was. Anyway, by the time it was done, so much more money was made and these planes were up and running again. And like simply because someone knew how to trade high profile items, right? And and if if we could start from a paperclip, what could we evolve up to? let alone airplane parts, okay? 
So, you know, I'm collecting a bunch of stuff here soon, hopefully, I mean, if my truck starts working. And I will be able to um, test this out with even more than just the, uh, these smaller items, right? Uh, but, you know, I don't know my ability, but I can uh, level it up and evolve it and get better. And, you know, the cool thing about other travelers, I mean, you stand out to each other, right? <laughs> You see that bus that's been renovated. You're like, aha, I get you. You and I, we know. And then, uh, but like, I've done trades with people. One time I had this deer skull that my grandparents had given me because they hunt, right? Uh, and I traded for a lot of cool stuff, <laughs> really. Um, and and they got some cool stuff that became artsy things, you know. So even natural uh, items that are collected, could be valuable to somebody else. Maybe they're artsy and like can now make jewelry or an art piece or something. And then they are able to meet their needs. And I know UBI is very important because we need to pay things like rent. Um, but, you know, I, I've seen people who just let you stay on their couch. I know it's because I was part of it. So there are alternatives. Um, and, and, you know, if you, you stay with somebody, maybe do something in return. Don't just be a slob, like, you know, leeching off them. That'll make them not want to help other future people, you know. Um, but these are just thoughts I have. Everyone else is so right. quiet, though. <laughs> what, what are uh, everybody else's thoughts? thoughts? Uh, yeah. No, Maya is, like, sick, and Kaizen is just listening. Sheridan is just listening. Yeah, it's a somber day. For me today, so I'm just enjoying listening to all you talk. Okay, I can talk some more if you want. <laughs> no, I, I don't even mind. Like, I, just, I noticed okay. everyone else was quiet. Well, on the on the topic of trading, like, I have a shit ton of like collectibles in my house. <laughs> like, like, um, I have, for example, I have this Jollibee uh bag. It's like it transformed into a bag into a doll, and I also have this pop figure it's rare it's like it's a collectible also it's like it says Jollibee on it and yeah i don't know what to do with it yet <laughs> I, like for example that's like one of the many things i collect um on the on the topic of trading like yeah like there's even like cryptocurrency trading and there's like rare commodity trading online uh so imagine like those things on Jollibee pop figures and pop figures in general imagine those but like in electric internet form so like what if i had this raw like rare pokemon like i could trade for like like a paperclip or some shit like <laughs> yeah dude i'll give you this free pokemon if you just give me five bucks <laughs> that's what my brother actually did he he, com he commissioned uh trading pokemon for actual things like um my older brother he he's uh, he's into computer and stuff um but yeah, he he would trade like rare Pokemon's just for real things like five dollars or whatever. And um, to top it all off, he he did make a little bit of money off of that. Just saying. So, <laughs> but uh, and well, like trading, like that that's that's coming back to like the Venus Project because the Venus Project uh, is essentially a a resource. Uh, wait, what did I call it? <laughs> I forgot what they called it. A resource uh centered economy. Resource 
I'm missing the middle word, economy, resource, resource-based economy. So when, when, when a resource-based economy exists, there, there can, there's, a no, there's no need for a currency because everything is by trade or by uh, physical items. So there's no need for a currency. And, and what UBI does is like it, eliminate, it eliminates almost the currency need because you can do all these trade things and it'll just it'll, it'll pretty much progress like, like create creativity things, it'll progress like economy things. Like everything would be better if, nah, I shouldn't say that. We, the, the Venus project is a, is a very large project and it'll take us centuries to get there. But if, if we could start with UBI, that'd be really cool, like universal basic income deals. And um, when, when the, <laughs> on the story of uh, income, universal basic income, when the stimulus check came, and that was like when Andrew Yang was started first appearing, like when the, there he was running. Like I heard about this uh, stimulus check or universal basic income, and then the Right along after, like a few months after, a stimulus, a word of a stimulus check came in, in like a like a amount of like five hundred, six hundred dollars or whatever from the first one, uh, twelve hundred dollars, or whatever, whatever the amount was. It 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 remind me of uh, a lot of uh universal basic income, and then that's what sparked me to talk about uh Andrew Yang and all his ideals and all his goals because. It's like wow, man. This this is a futurist kind of deal because you know, what what else is more future than UBI and like that'll just accelerate the progression of humanity and stuff. Yang's and I run. I I truly believe that Yang's run was uh, the main reason why we even got those stimulus checks and stuff. Just another uh, bailout for the financial institutions because right. we moved the uh, Overton window on basic income so far. That when the crisis actually did happen, it was just common sense to keep people inside and pay them, and we just kind of dropped the ball. That just sucks, ass, dude. <laughs> Dropping the ball is not even healthy. And what the... what really sucks, ass, is what? most other countries actually did what Yang uh, suggested to some degree. That's actually amazing. Which which countries? I want to move there. <laughs> Well, you know? uh, Spain is the uh, one that comes immediately to mind for their uh, how broad their monthly uh, uh, what was it? It was a, not an unemployment scheme, but a furlough. Their monthly furlough scheme. How broad and how many people it accepted? Like it took in artists, uh, caregivers. I mean, people that are not generally considered like a paid job, and they just gave them monthly money. So it, it's not exactly a basic income, but it's pretty close. That makes me want to move to Spain. <laughs> Sorry, I have, I have a dog being upset. He's spaghetti at a cat. It's okay. Dogs are welcome in the podcast. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Yeah, that, like I want to travel across. I want to go to Europe and go backpacking. Uh, uh, Scandinavian or... Um, Nor Norwegian lady from Norway or something Netherlands a Netherlands lady she's from Netherlands and she she said she went backpacking in Europe and she she went to all these hostels and she experienced like the Europe side of the thing and 
that makes me want to like I have to save like five thousand dollars at least. Like it's it's a pretty hefty price. But um, if you could save a five thousand dollars, you you just you just need a you 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 you, <laughs> you get a, a boarding pass like a universal boarding pass in Europe, and you could take all the trains and all the yeah, all the trains and all the subway stations in Europe for free, and that costs like around a thousand dollars. So, and the yeah. rest of the money you could use for like hostels, or you can use for like food, and you just go backpacking in Europe, just travel in Europe, and that and like you could do that in a lot of other places too. But they're not not much in Europe. But yeah, once we get uh basic income passed where we'll see not only the uh, american economy explode but a lot of tourism in developed countries and uh, more um, small capitalists looking toward developing uh, countries and seeing how they can actually improve the world and make a profit so i really believe that we need to just get basic income passed and most of the world's problems will just evaporate within a few years. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing, dude. Uh, just imagine. Oh my god, I could be like maybe a few years from now, I would be like a mayor, <laughs> a mayor of Maui. I don't know. <laughs> that, That'd be that great. Hysterical. I know, but I I feel like I I could actually try. I I know a lot of people in Maui. That's why. So. Oh, I believe you, but just being called the mayor of Maui, that's that's a great title. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, that's just a pipe dream in, on my end, but... It's like... Oh, it's, it's not at all. Not because at it's all. alliterative, yeah. and it's, it's like not a major trade city compared to, like, you know, New York, L.A., etc. Right, right. You would think when you hear someone called the mayor of Maui, it is figurative. Like, it's a wrestler, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you, it would, so it's, I don't know, that's, maybe that's not a helpful take, but it's kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, be the mayor of Maui is a serious thing, obviously. You know what? Yeah. If you think you could be the mayor of Maui, give it a try. Why not? True. What's yeah. your policy? Mayors you for a guaranteed income movement, too. So, what do you think yeah. about? Maui, what would you do for Maui? Give me your, give me your pitch. Give me your stump speech. Pretend I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Maui citizen. Imagine Maui, the valley of rivers and mountains. Okay. We okay. shall make it our home. I, I already live here. Our true home, mm -hmm. where businesses and residents will thrive. Okay. Not, not as much because of now. We are not thriving. Maui is dying. Right now, not before, not after. Now, it's dying now. <laughs> I don't mean to say it in the epic voice, but <laughs> uh, I'll go along the lines of that. I would like, I would say like the reality of it, and then I would say like, uh, why, why would we leave it like this? And we just, I need to put action into or words into action. Essentially, that'd be my speech. That's a good. Uh, that's a good touchstone. Words to words into action. Uh, Nikayla has some encouraging words too. Oh, uh, hi! I'm Nick, I'm uh, Nikayla Sheridan's girlfriend. Uh, my stepmom lives in Maui, and I'd probably get her to <laughs> vote for you. She's she's so down with all that kind of stuff, and uh, uh, I I definitely support anybody who's down to at least try, because <laughs> that's what it takes. 
So good. That's on awesome. You. Yeah, send me a DM or whatever, and we'll I don't do. know. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, you oh. Sheridan's girlfriend. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, I, I can tell uh, stories about Maui if you guys want. <laughs> well, maybe we should schedule you as like a, a full-on guest. Uh, yeah. Next week, because we're coming up at yeah. the end of our time now. Oh yeah, that is yeah. Maybe next week I can like dress in a suit and do like Maui things. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah, dude! You don't have to dress in a suit. Well, you can if it makes you feel comfortable. If you feel it's appropriate. Or something. I dress in traditional Maui, or just dress not even traditional, contemporary Maui. Like business. Like what you're dressing like. I don't know. Do you know the the business uniform of uh, Hawaii is Aloha shirts. Did you know, you know that? What? Then, wear that? then wear that. Yeah, wear, I'll wear a lot. whatever demonstrates that you're from around there. Because, you know, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, yeah, wear whatever to convey at a glance. Hey, that guy could be the mayor. Yeah, that's that's actually, yeah, yeah that that makes me want to do it now. I, I support the Aloha shirt movement. Go for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Aloha yeah. shirt and some lays and just be obnoxious. Come yeah, <laughs> I like being obnoxious. <laughs> like, Same. Man. Same. <laughs> Go all out. <laughs> yep. That's the way that's the way of the road. Yep. <laughs> you could tell Maui stories. I mean, we got about five minutes. No, three minutes. So maybe next time tell the Maui stories. Okay, yeah. Good. Is there it would be possible to be a guest or is there another guest lined up or when Well, I mean, we could schedule you to do an episode. I'd be happy to help talk, too, because I went there two years ago to visit my stepmom and did some photo shoots out there on cliffs and stuff. It was fun. <laughs> if you want to schedule a time when you want to talk about, like, Maui and why you'd like to be the mayor of Maui, sure, we could do that. Um, it'd be especially good if you could, if you could bring on one or two people who might yeah, be familiar to listen. Then yeah. that'd be great. Let's do it. We'll schedule that. Um, we'll, we'll get that going. So I guess that's like, going to be the end of the show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, bring people on my stream or on my side or bring people from discord is that what you're saying bring people uh from maui to our right. Discord to listen to you talk about why you'd like to be the mayor and what you will do for maui and and they oh, can yeah, can. ask questions and stuff i can and do they, that yeah yeah cool we'll have a for you know a little sort of a maui town hall and you know th those of us who aren't really from maui will learn about maui yeah okay that that's a definite that great that'll be a good episode we'll do that for sure so awesome uh let's go way to end it uh, we don't need to do our sign-offs today. We always do sign-offs, so we'll get them. We'll get them next time, cause yeah, cause Mia's sick. So thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for speaking. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with more basic income advocacy. We got a uh, three, three to five tomorrow Eastern. So we'll see you then. Goodbye. Bye, guys. Aloha. Good show. Mahalo. Just